Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hey, welcome to Politico Tech. Today's Thursday, January 25th. I'm Stephen Overly. One of the biggest tech companies at the center of the microchip war between the US and China is actually Dutch. It's called ASML, and it makes some of the most in-demand tech equipment on the planet right now. I think without ASML, it would be difficult to imagine a chips industry. This is my colleague, Politico EU reporter, Peter Hack. Because they make the machines that, for example, Intel uses in its new Ohio plants. They make the machines that TSMC use in Taiwan to make the chips. So it's really the starting point of a long supply chain. And big companies worldwide really depend on ASML. ASML's spot at the start of this semiconductor supply chain has also made it critical to the Biden administration as it tries to stunt Beijing's tech ambitions in the name of national security. Last year, the U.S. actually struck a deal with Japan and the Netherlands that cut off the sale of certain chip-making equipment to China. Before he talked to me, Peter spoke with ASML's CEO about the hit his company has taken as a result and the expected effect of new economic security measures that the European Union rolled out on Wednesday. On the show today, Peter breaks down what all of this means for the global chips race. Peter, this is your first time on Politico Tech. Welcome. Thanks. Great to be here. You um, just had a conversation with the CEO of ASML, which is this big Dutch manufacturer of semiconductor equipment. What was the mood when you met with him? So his name is Peter Benink. He's Dutch. And I think a detail from today that really shows how outspoken he is, is like at the end of the press conference, he mentioned really briefly because he's leaving his job in April that he already got like his pension contribution or the pension that he will get from April onwards. He got like a notification of how much money he will get. So that was like an interesting nugget to show how quite human he is, even in this high profile job, because um, of course he's like leading the Europe's largest tech firm. He had a packed schedule. First he has to speak to analysts, then to the press, then there were a lot of one-on-ones. So this is something that is really like, he has a packed schedule, but there is also always room for like a quick remark, a quick joke, It was definitely interesting that because his firm was, of course, like one of the first tech firms that was really confronted with a European country using trade defense measures. So he had a very outspoken view on on those trade defense measures. And tell me about that geopolitical message. What did they have to say? It was actually all about the export controls that they face because last year the Dutch government said to them like, okay, we're going to impose some export restrictions to China. That was, of course, partly due to pressure from the U.S. And what they have to communicate now is first the impact. So there is, of course, impact on their sales. They said that about 10 to 15 percent from their China sales will be hit. That's an estimate for the coming year. So that's the first message, of course, the impact on the sales towards investors. But at the same time, they want to communicate that these were Dutch restrictions. So these were imposed by the Dutch government. 
But of course, ASML is working in a lot of European countries. They have a lot of European suppliers. They have suppliers from France, Germany, Belgium. And so the idea is that it doesn't make sense for this restriction to be imposed by only the Dutch government because it's actually a European firm. And so their message is really like, we need more at the EU level, one single set of trade defense measures that Europe can use or that can be used when it's necessary, when a certain firm is, is targeted by either the US or China in this tit-for-tat trade war. ASML has taken this hit to its China business, right, as a result of these export controls. Did you get a sense from your conversations there that's causing a lot of panic or concern that this is sort of the beginning of more hits to the revenue? Or was the sentiment there about the state of its bottom line? There was definitely no widespread panic. It's not that there's super concern because the whole industry is still growing. The whole industry is predicted to break the 1 trillion threshold by 2030. So this industry is a growing one and you see that different manufacturers worldwide are opening new factories in the US but also in Europe. And in several of those factories, you will have ASML machines to really print the chips. So that's something that still speaks for them. It's a growing company that it's not like that they now suddenly are in free fall or something like that. And they even said like, what we can't sell in China, we will sell elsewhere. It's not widespread panic. I think there is more concern about the fact that they're now embroiled in a political environment where they have a difficulty to control that narrative or that conversation. That is a, more of a concern that they're now a political target, which I think no company wants to be. And that's a bigger concern than this loss of a tiny part of the Chinese sales. ASML is in a unique position, being a very large tech firm and being at kind of the center in many ways of these like tensions between the US and China and, and sort of how Europe has been trying to navigate them. Can you talk about how those geopolitical tensions have kind of led us to this moment, especially with the EU rolling out its new economic security policies? I think it's fair to say that it all starts with the machine that ASML has made, because it's such a complex machine that hundreds of suppliers are contributing. So it's, it's sometimes called a miracle of technology. And it's so unique that actually not a lot of countries or companies are doing this. So the Netherlands and this company was actually like the perfect target for the US to aim at in their battle toward China or their goal to choke off China from advanced chips that could end up in Chinese uh, military systems. So that is the starting point. And you see that the Netherlands, who has always been a, a great ally for, for US, they wanted to play along and they wanted to make sure that indeed these machines were not used for chips that would end up in, in military systems. So the Netherlands played along, um, they imposed restrictions, but of course the EU felt a bit sidelined. They were not involved in the process. It was really like a conversation between The Hague and Washington. The Dutch prime minister visited the White House to discuss this matter. So this is really like on the high level. But then, of course, you have the, the issue that the rest of Europe is like, okay, this happened and we didn't have any voice in the debate. And all the suppliers of ASML, of course, they were informed, but merely informed. And it shows how vulnerable individual countries are 
when they're targeted by the US. So there is this idea now in Europe that there should be more coordination at the EU level to make sure that when this happens, when a country is singled out, that there is a unified response to this. And that's actually what the EU Commission uh, now wants to do with the introduction of the economic security package. It's really an overview of different uh, trade defense measures. For example, on export controls, they said like, okay, we want to have more coordination between uh, the capitals and Brussels and between the European Commission. That was really uh, what actually was driving this big part of this package. Let's talk about this package. You know, the, the EU has formally unveiled its economic security plan of action. What exactly does that entail? And what is the commission really looking to accomplish here? They want to protect certain technology and certain knowledge to make sure that this technology or knowledge is not being misused. A part of the proposal is also about uh, tackling foreign interference in research and innovation. So they really want to shield European academics from Chinese interference. That's that's another proposal in, in that package. But it's not only about protecting, but also about promoting certain technology or certain research. Because up until now, for example, Europe's largest R&D program is purely civil focused. So all the money that is that Europe is spending on research is for civil applications. But of course, the, the world is increasingly in, into hot water with the war in Ukraine, with the situation in the Middle East. And so it, there should be more money going to, for example, dual use technology. And dual use technology is technology that can be used for civil application, but also for the military. It's Europe's idea that it should get more uh, involved in that space and that there should be more research being done, for example, on this uh, on drones and, and stuff like that. Do we have a sense of how a company like ASML is affected by these new policies? Not directly, but everything is connected, of course, because when you speak about drones um, or about that kind of applications, for example, exoskeletons are also mentioned. Exoskeletons, that those are the things that you wear to like enhance your capabilities, for example, on the battlefield. In those products, of course, there are chips. For example, also AI, if you speak about AI and the revolution of AI, that's also driven by chips. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is moving forward with a slew of new regulations that put products like semiconductors, electric vehicles, modern healthcare technology, and clean energy at risk. Chemistry is essential to our modern lives, creating products to help foster a more sustainable and competitive future. The Biden administration must change its course and work with manufacturers on science-based policies that protect American innovation. Learn more at chemistrycreates.org. Does the new economic security package address chips at all in a direct way, or, or is that not really part of it? It's definitely mentioned because chips is definitely singled out as a what is called critical technology. So there are actually four areas that the European Commission sees as critical technology, and those areas will be further discussed. European member states will look at the risks that these critical technologies pose, Chips is one of them, but you also have AI, quantum technology and biotech. So those four areas are really like the core of the proposal. And if you, for example, speak about shielding European academics from foreign interference, that's 
predominantly in those areas that you want to make sure that, for example, people working on, on chips technology or the, the most advanced chip technologies, that they're really not um, singled out by foreign interference. But e because even at, for example, ASML last year, there was an example of data breach. So that's the most sensitive technology. And that's really the core uh, of the proposal. From what we know about the EU's economic security plan, will it bring Brussels more in line with the U.S. approach? It's on the table now, and I think it's now up to the EU's partners like the U.S. to discuss to make sure that this is in sync with other blocs. And I think like next week we'll have, we will have the meeting of the EU-U.S. Uh, Trade and Technology Council. And I think it's a no-brainer that this new package uh, will come up either informally or maybe even as an as an agenda point, but it will come up because you see that uh, some tech lobby groups are already concerned, especially like the global uh, operating tech lobby groups are already concerned that the EU is now doing stuff that maybe is not in sync with the US. For example, by 2025, we will have a review of our own export control policy. So that's not really about coordinating with the US, but of course, the EU is taking steps. And I think it's it's without a doubt that next week the US will take notice and will say like, okay, what's happening here? And, and it will come up informally. That's, that's without a doubt. Right. Well, and the US has been taking a lot of these steps as well, and, and, you know, its own outbound investment review and its own sort of export controls. One thing that's striking to me as a, a former trade and econ reporter is that, you know, the EU in the past, from what I've seen, has often sort of rejected this idea of blending national security and like economic and trade policy, you know, in a world where free trade seems to be slipping away, like the EU has really tried to be the last the last one standing for it. Is this an indication that the EU is kind of changing its position here? For sure. And it's maybe not the EU as a whole yet, but some individual member states have already said, like, we're gonna take national security grounds into consideration when we're looking at investments or when we're looking at trade. Again, for example, the Netherlands last week at Davos, the Dutch Minister for Economy said literally, her quote was, the economy is a battlefield. And so open trade is, is a thing of the past. That second one was not a literal quote, but she said, she said like, we had years of open trade. And that's now changing. So that was, of course, something that they have reflected, for example, in the export controls that they imposed on ASML. It's no longer open, unrestricted trade. There are some rules. And they literally said that, for example, the export controls imposed on ASML were about uh, making sure those chips don't end up in uh, military systems. Um, so that's quite clear. That's a national security consideration. And you have different uh, other countries in, in, in Europe getting there as well. Like it's not only about open trade. It's not only about you can do whatever you want or invest in China or the other way around. There are definitely national security considerations in different European countries around sensitive technology. Listen, um, Peter, thank you for joining us on Politico Tech. Thanks for being here. That's all for today's Politico Tech. For more tech news, subscribe to our newsletters, Digital Future Daily and Morning Tech. Music in today's episode comes from the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our managing producer is Annie Reese. Our producer is Afra Abdullah. And our editors are Steve Heuser, Daniela Cheslow, and Louisa Savage. I'm Stephen Overlay. See you back here tomorrow.